Welcome to another inspirational podcast at Real Life Church. For more great content and updates, visit reallifechurchkc.com. Church. Hey, whether you're with us here in person at Kentucky Trail or watching with us online, we are so honored that you chose to spend your Sunday morning with us. Let's get on our feet, put those hands together and worship God together. And I saw Satan fall like lightning. I saw darkness run for cover Still the miracle that I just can't get over My name is registered in heaven And I believe in signs and wonders I have resurrection power Yes I do testimony from death to life cause grace rewrote my story I'll testify by Jesus Christ the righteous I'm justified this is my testimony this is my testimony come together sons and daughters 
He goes before us and the battle belongs to him. So God, I pray that this morning that if there's anyone in here who is trying to carry the weight of their battles on their own, that they would surrender control to you, God, and live in the freedom that you offer. When all I see is the battle, you see my victory. When all I see is the mountain, you see a mountain move. And as I walk through the shadows, your love surrounds me. There's nothing to fear now, for I am safe. So when I fight, I'll fight on my knees With my hands lifted high Oh God, the battle belongs to you And every fear I lay at your feet 
victory, God. Every battle we face from eternity past to today to tomorrow, God, you give victory and you brought it in the form of a cross, God. You won the victory for us, defeating death and the grave. And so we praise you this morning, God, for what you've done and what you're going to do. 
Come on, Real Life Church, let's give it up to the King of Kings this morning. Aren't you glad that he's on the throne? Aren't you glad that he's in control? No matter what happens in this life, he's got it, and he's here for us. Amen. I want to share a word with you this morning from the book of Revelation. We're going all the way to the end of the Bible right here. It's a good one. It says, on his robe and on his thigh, he has the name written, King of Kings and Lord of Lords. It's simple, and it's true today. And if you believe that, can I just hear a good amen? Yeah, come on now. All right, well, hey, I want you to turn. I want you to find someone around you. I want you to give a smile, a wave, a fist bump. I want you to do something that makes someone around you just feel so welcome today at Real Life Church. And then after you do that, be seated. And hey, while folks here in the room are greeting each other, I want to extend a special greeting to everyone joining us at Real Life Church Online. We're just so honored you're part of what we do here every Sunday. So throw up some likes, throw up some hearts, greet each other in the chat. And uh, hey, everyone here in the room, can we give a warm welcome to uh, our digital friends at Real Life Church Online? Go ahead, don't be bashful. Give them a clap, give them a shout, and a little bit of encouragement. We're so honored you're with us. Hey, whether you're online, whether you're here in person, if you are brand new to Real Life Church, let me just say welcome again. We're just so honored to have you. And I want to encourage you right now to get your phone out. And I want you to text RL New to 97000. A member of our connection team would love to just reach out to you this week and just find out how your Sunday went. Did you feel welcome? Answer any questions that you might have about real life church, about how you can play a part in what we do here, what we believe, who we are. And even more than that, we just want to know how can we pray for you? How, what can we do for you? So, if you've never done that before and you're brand new, online or in person, go ahead and do that. 97,000 RL new. You can do that right now. And hey, if you're brand new and you're in the room today, please don't leave here without stopping by our new here booth. It's right out there in the hub. We just have a small gift for you. It's our way of saying thanks for being a part of what we're doing today here at Real Life Church. Speaking of Real Life Church and what we do, we're a church on a mission. It's a mission to see people far from God discover their real life and purpose in Jesus. And that might be you today. You might be far from God. That's okay. You are in the right place. You might have just a crazy history with church, with God. You might, you might have been burned before. You know what? These are people that we have just come to know and walk with throughout our short history. And that's been the biggest blessing of being a part of what we do here at Real Life Church. So I would encourage you, if that's you, don't be bashful. Come talk to somebody. Reach out. Ask those questions. My favorite are the people that have no history, don't know anything about God or the Bible. Man, what better place to be on a Sunday morning than to get fed with some good news that, let's just be real, you're not going to hear out in the world Monday through Saturday. Am I right? So come on now, we want you to get plugged in. We don't want you to be bashful. We would just love for you to be a part of what we're doing. And maybe you already are. Maybe you like have that great relationship. You're already plugged in and stuff. Well, then let me just encourage you. Think about someone right now that's close to you, but far from God. And think about how you could be inviting out to just come get blessed, come get fed, meet some awesome people. Man, we got some good stuff going on here at Real Life Church. We don't want anyone to miss out on that. Can I get an amen? Can I get something on that? Touch two people say that's a good word. That's a, <laughs> I heard a pastor say that once. I always wanted to pull that out. Just kidding. <laughs> hey, you might be coming here for a while. You might be like, uh, you know, enjoying what we do. You're worshiping with us. You're making some friends and all that good stuff. But you just haven't taken that next step yet. 
And that's okay. Today's an awesome time for you to do that. Right after our second gathering, we would love for you to join us in the Next Steps room. It's right down that hall out there. You can't miss it. And Pastor Sean and Diane, they're going to talk to you today about how you can find freedom, how you can find freedom. So if you've never done that next step before and you just want to know a little bit more about what God's purpose for you here at Real Life Church might look like, I would encourage you to check that out after the second gathering. Well, guys, we're going to wreck some more lives today, right? No, five easy steps to wreck your life. <laughs> you know, seriously, though, like a lot of it's so easy to backslide. That's a good old fashioned term for it. It's so easy to get far from God. It's so easy to develop harmful habits. It's so easy to have damaged relationships. And it's like before we even realize it, we're just so far down that path. And that's easy to do. It's so easy to have that happen to us. But if we don't, especially if we don't know what we're looking for. So I want you to check this out. I'm never satisfied No matter what this world brings me No, no Oh, I'm never satisfied The things I want are all I see The Lord can bless me It ain't enough to satisfy me Not enough to satisfy me <laughs> That's a pity clap, by the way <laughs> I'm not gifted I'm not going gospel today, alright this is. I wish I could, that'd be fun I'd love to just go crazy uh, Man, you guys have a great week? Man, who, who didn't know his time changed today? Come on your phone just did it for you. You all know. So you guys are all committed. Come on. Give yourselves a hand. You guys made a time change Sunday, the early gathering. Unreal. So, I mean, I hope you guys had an incredible week. Uh, this weather was awesome. And uh, I took the family out to the zoo. And uh, I was busy with work stuff. And I left my AirPods in. Got a couple phone calls. And I don't know about you, but it's nice that things are opening up. If you've been to the zoo, um, my little boy is four. And he's been really bummed out for like the last six months or whatever we've gone out there um, that the snake exhibit has been closed. You know what I'm saying? It's like breaks his heart, you know. And so we drove the train around and uh, there was and it was open. Come on. And so we had to get in with Jack and, uh, you know, you walk in and it's got that giant um, Burmese python. You know what I'm talking about? That yellow one. You know what I'm talking about, right? Okay, well, whatever. So there's, there's a giant snake right there. And of course, Jack's like, feed it something, you know. He wants to see it kill something. And little Emery's just holding on to mommy's leg, you know. And the way he got set up is you got to kind of cruise in the circle, you know, like uh, the COVID-style cruise, you know, just one way. And so and they're supposed to be six feet apart, but everybody's kind of jammed against the glass, you know. And so we start making way through, like, the rat snakes and all this different stuff. And Jack's just loving it. He's cutting people off and running around. And Emery's just petrified, you know. And she's two years old. And so I'm like, okay, I better take care of her. So I said, Emma, are you scared? And I, I pick her up. She said, Daddy, I'm scared. And I said, it's okay. And all of a sudden, this voice that I thought was behind me says, if you're scared, I can give you some advice. I'm like, what the freak is going on? And I my AirPods were talking to me. I'm like, for real? I said, this is Siri talking to me. This is awesome. So I'm in, like, this moment, like, what do I do now that Siri's asking me if I'm scared? I want to hear this advice. And so I, like, literally pretend like I'm scared. So I've got this kid and people around me. I'm like, help me. I'm so scared. I'm so, help me. And Siri starts talking, but Emery says, are you scared too, Daddy? Oh, I'm so scared. 
And people are looking at me like, what is this guy's problem, right? And Siri, without missing the beat, says, I'm sorry, I can't help you. I can't find an app for that. <laughs> and now I'm laughing like, you are out loud. So people think I have Tourette's. Like I'm talking to myself, being scared. Then I'm laughing out loud. And everybody's looking at me. My wife is like, what is wrong with you? I'm like, dude, this is awesome. You know, like just great sermon illustration. Like, can you imagine being scared? Like somebody breaks in your house and you get in your bed and you're like, help me, Siri. I'm so, it's like, what in the world? Who even thought, who would even answer that question? Like, who knows an app can't satisfy your life, right? Like, there's no way you're going to find any satisfaction. But it's so curious to see. I was really hoping to come up with a really good answer, you know, like do something, right? I have no idea. But, you know, oftentimes we do try to put other things in our life that can fulfill us. You know, we know an app can't do that, but we also try to find things that can. And so I need you guys honestly this morning, be brutally honest. I need you to participate. This is the kind of church we're going to be today. Uh, I know it's early. I was uh, trying to go to bed early, like 10, because that's early for me. And I laid there with my eyes wide open. It's like 1 in the morning. Come on, somebody. So I fall asleep during this message because I could not sleep. We were talking about all sorts of dreams about the church. I got excited about everything. And Diane's like, all right, good night. I'm like, whoa, you know. So anyway, it's going to be a good message, by the way. God uses this kind of crazy stuff. Um, but anyway, if, if you will be honest and raise your hand this morning, uh, if you could have a little bit more money, just a little bit of money, and make your life better or easier, put your hand there right now. Come on, put your hand up, make your life better or easier. That's good because there's $10,000 under one of these seats. Come on, somebody. <laughs> They're all checking. <laughs> really? <laughs> wow. <laughs> That's cool, man. You had to come back up here and share that with me a little bit. Um, but, but it's so easy just to want just a little bit more, find some satisfaction. And when I was growing up, my mom, she used to shop at the Price Chopper off of Bannister and Blue Ridge. Uh, it's, I call it, it's always kind of the hood, you know. It's just what it was growing up. And uh, we, we lived just down the street. So anyway, we were shopping there, and uh, she'd always let us run free because we were crazy. And uh, we always just petrified with stuff we did. And in the front, there was uh, these little... I don't know, quarter machines, and we had a few quarters, you know, and so we got these things, and I don't know if you remember these, I don't know why I remember these, they weren't even cool ever, but I don't know, we just had to have them when we were 12 years old, homies, you guys remember homies? <laughs> if you do, I'm sorry, if you don't, you're blessed, <laughs> all right, they're like these little wanksters, right, these like these gangster things, right, and um, wankster, white gangster, you know what I'm saying, and um, so anyway, we, we get these, and we just had to collect them all, it, it, you know, I don't know what it was, and we ran out of quarters pretty quickly, right, so we had this genius idea, like, we're going to just solicit for quarters out front. And so we literally stood outside the doors, and we begged people for money. I mean, come on. You know, my mom was petrified when she found out. She was just horrified, just mortified, everything about it. So we're asking little ladies coming out, can we have some quarters? Like, we're like Oliver Twist, please, ma'am. And she, this lady's like, I knew you were going to ask me. And she's dumping out her wallet book with all the quarters and the little purse thing, you know. I don't know what it was called. Um, but anyway, so we're, we collected all this stuff. So we get back to the car, and my mom has no clue. But my older brother, he had picked up what was going on, and he said, where'd you get all those homies? I'm like, dude, what are you doing? And my mom, of course, picks up, and where'd you get these? I'm like, uh, he's like, they were begging for quarters out front. Thank you. And so we didn't have any more homies, you know what I'm saying? And then when we got homie, we went out to the backyard and started picking weeds. And my mom, we had two acres, and a third of it was a garden. And you know what I'm saying? And we were out there for two weeks. I'm not even kidding. And so we learned that just, just a little bit more is not the way you should live your life. Because we thought I'd be happy with it just a little bit more. And my mom, I think she just kind of beat that out of us. Come on. Give a shout-out to my mom. She's probably watching right now. Love you, Mom. I learned a few things. I, I just... Don't have a mom that owns a garden. That's all i got to say about that. All right, so we're in the final part of this series. I know you're going to miss the country music and, and the blues, you know what I'm saying. Um, but five easy ways to wreck your life. And we're going to give some bad advice on how to be dissatisfied in your life. I'm going to start with the verse. It's found in 1 Timothy 6, 6. This is what Paul talking to Timothy. He says this, but godliness with contentment is great gain. 
godliness with satisfaction is great gain. If you put godliness next to being contentment, it is something really positive for your life. For we brought nothing into the world and we can take nothing out of it. In other words, you were born naked, you had nothing, and you can't put a U-Haul behind a hearse. And so Paul tells Timothy this. He says, but if you have food and clothing, we will be content with that. Man, can you imagine that being the status? I don't know about you, but most of us, we probably didn't miss a meal this week, did we? I mean, probably had some extra meals. Come on, Chick-fil-A. Don't go through the day. It's Sunday. I've tried that before. All right, you know what I'm talking about. But we didn't miss a meal. And most of us, um, you know, we have clothes to wear, right? I know uh, pretty obvious. Uh, most of you guys are dressed appropriately today. I can't really see in the back. It's kind of dark back there. Hope everybody's got clothes on. <laughs> Rob Halford. <laughs> Rob, we like making fun of him. One time we were on, if you're church online, I, you could be in the buff right now. I have no idea. It's always awkward when you're on the guy on the chat notes and, and people are like, hey, I'm watching this in my boxers. You're like, oh, cool. That's awesome news, man. I'm glad you have boxers on on your couch. That's amazing. Um, but we all have clothes, right? Uh, we, we, all, we all have food to eat, but are we content with just food and clothing? You know, for most of us, if not all of us, like, that is not the status. Like, we, we're not content with just the bare minimums in our life. And that's because we believe this. If we had just a little bit more, we'd be happy. If I had just a little bit more money, I'd be happy. Just a little bit more stuff in my life would be happy. Matter of fact, Gallup did a, some research on this a few years back. And uh, they did a research. What, how much money would it take for you to be happy? And they did this different, different people, and they came up with this statistic. They said if you had $30,000, uh, that's how much you made a year in salary, you would be happy with $74,000. Now, I don't know about you, there was a day in my life, most of your lives probably, where you made less than $30,000. Now, some of you are like, $30,000? Wow, that'd be great to make that, all right? But when you make $30,000, seventy four, you're like, wow, that's, that's like an infinite amount of money. You can never spend $74,000, right? And then you get married and you have kids and then all the bills and then your kid gets old enough, you're paying for, like $74,000 is like, where'd it go, right? And then Gallup said, if you had $50,000, and if you made $100,000, you'd be happy. That should be satisfied with $100,000. I mean, $100,000 sounds like an infinite amount of money. I mean, it sounds like a lot of money when you're making fifty. But when you get a big house, come on, somebody, and you got two car payments, and you got kids that need braces and dance lessons, and they go to private school, come on. Nobody in the room. I just people shaking their head. If you put your kid in private school, now you're like, whoo, preach to me, pastor. You know what I'm saying? $100,000, like, where'd it go, right? Like, how much money is enough money? Come on, somebody tell me. Yeah, double it, right? Double it. I mean, if you talk to a pastor, how, how, what size should a church be? Double. I mean, what, 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 how big should it be? Just double. Just twice as big. Just, two, two, just all this stuff, right? I mean, the bottom line is, is just a little more. Like if I just had a little more in life, then I would be completely satisfied. Just a little more. And Jesus, he tells a parable that captures this desire to have just a little more. It's found in Luke chapter 12, verse 16. It says this. This is Jesus, and he told them this parable. He said, the ground of a certain rich man yielded an abundant harvest, and he thought to himself, self, what shall I do? I have no place to store my crops. And then he said, this is what I'll do. I'll tear down my small barns and build bigger ones. This sounds like us. And there will be store the surplus for my grain. And then I'll say to myself, self, you have plenty of grain laid up for many years. Take life easy, eat, drink, and be merry. In other words, this guy, what he's saying is, when I have enough, then I'll be happy. If I could just get enough stuff to store up, I could be independently wealthy. This is most of our dreams. This is the American dream in a nutshell, is it not? Like if we had a bigger house, come on, if you had the car that had AC, you know what I'm talking about, right? 
You don't need AC. You got JC, right? You don't need an AC, right? You don't need it. You don't need it, right? But if you had that, like you had that like three-car garage, you know what I'm saying? Like I'm just covered the three-car garage. That's me, right? If I could just pull my truck in, you know, and I could work on it without being five degrees outside or negative 30, man, that would be amazing, right? We just had enough stuff. Like we had the extra money in our savings account. If I could just retire, like, if they just have all of this stuff. I had that latest, greatest phone, man, that one that's slick, uh, sexy and sleek. You know what I'm talking about, right? The one that has the app that scrambles your eggs, you know what I mean? Like, the one that gets all done. It's, it's like so perfect. Like, oh, I got to have this thing. If I had hardwood floors, come on, somebody. Like, real hardwood. Not the fake stuff, the real stuff, right? Granite countertops. Anybody? Come on. <laughs> Everybody's like, he's preaching to me. <laughs> preaching to me. Dude, do concrete. Talk to Barry. Come on, somebody. <laughs> What's wrong with my concrete countertops? They're awesome. It's not just it's money, right? It could be stuff, right? It could be other things, like if I just lost 20 pounds, right? If, if my kids, if we just got married, right? And if we had kids, and then if the kids got uh, diapers, and all the, all the parents of young kids said amen. And you got that, come on. Quit peeing on the floor. Like Emery looked at me in the eyes the other day, and she said, I'm going to pee right here. I'm like, no, you're not. What? Stop doing that, right? What is wrong with you? What are you thinking, Right? But, hey, at least she's not pooping on the floor, so we're going to step up. You know what I'm saying? But if you had a better job, right, or, or, or when the kids can drive, what a hallmark moment, come on. Like, you want to ground them, but you're like, oh, it's like grounding myself. Like, you know, they're in trouble. I'm going to take the car keys. Like, ah, just get out of here, right? Or they go to college, like, woo, yeah, that's that moment, right? You're like, this, we've made it, right? Like, we've, we were on our own. Like, they're gone, and then they graduate and come back. You know what I'm saying, right? <laughs> and then they leave again. You're like, yes, they finally did it. Woo. And it finally happens. Just all this stuff comes together. And uh, for us, like, man, that's, this guy is, is saying, like, when I get to that place in life, when I have just enough, just a little more, come on, Jesus, just a little more, then I'll be happy. I can take life easy. And this is what God says to him in Luke chapter 12, verse 20. God said to him, you fool. What? This guy's, this guy's a genius. He's independently wealthy. Are you kidding me? He says this very night your life will be demanded. What? Demanded? He's going to kill him? Like, Jesus is taking him out. Like, there's a hit on this dude. And he says, and this is how it will be with whoever stores up things for themselves, but is not what? Rich towards God. What? I don't know about you, but this verse is stepping on my toes. I mean, really? Like, God is saying this is what happens to people who put all their stock in themselves and they're not rich towards God. This is so easy to do. This, this is like the American culture in a nutshell. This is exactly what every commercial and everything you see in life is pointing you to do is to take care of yourself. More things make you happy. More stuff, more spending, bigger stuff, bigger stuff. I mean, every commercial, everything you see is pointing you in the direction to be this guy that stores up stuff. And Jesus is saying, whoa, 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 whoa. Are you rich towards me? You know, today we're going to dive into how to do that, but I want to give you the five easy steps to wreck your life. Are you guys ready for this? Mm, mm, mm. You know what's coming, right? I just can't be that sarcastic, but it's going to be fun. All right, five easy steps to be dissatisfied. So if you're too satisfied right now, you got too much joy, you're loving life too much, you want your life to go the wrong direction, listen up. This is how we can do it. Number one, be great at being ungrateful. Take notes. Be great at being ungrateful. Hebrews 12, 28 says this. Therefore, since we are receiving a kingdom that cannot be shaken. There's no way. We, we follow Jesus. It is not solid. Oh, you know what I'm saying? Like, we're, I'm trying to be sarcastic here. I'm trying to be sarcastic, right? Cannot be shaken. Let us be thankless. 
Don't be thankful. So worship God acceptably with reverence and awe. Man, be thankless. Be ungrateful. He doesn't want to receive your gratitude. So just be unthankful. Man, how dumb is it that we would not gripe in all circumstances? Wouldn't it be great if the Bible said just complain in all circumstances? We'd be like perfect Christians. Come on, somebody. Just complain all the change you get. Like gripe as much as possible. Man, be hypercritical. Be a fault finder. Be like a vulture. Look for something dead and rot it and point it out and exploit it. You know what I'm saying? We do that, don't we? Roast preacher, man, we, I, mean, I don't know what that, you know what that is, right? I'm not going there, right? But foster a genuine spirit of ingratitude. Do this, resent God's goodness in others. Whenever someone else is blessed, man, look at your life and be like, I deserve that. Like your blessing is robbing me from my blessing. If somebody else gets a promotion at work, be like, I deserve that promotion. Come on, somebody. Like, I can't believe God is using that person. Be hypercritical. You deserve it. Be jealous and envious. Man, what most important is now. Like, if somebody gets a nice car, and you're like, man, I wish I could afford that, just make fun of their car. Come on. They paid way too much money for that car. I can't believe That's the wrong color. You want that? That's all you could afford? I would have got this car. That's not the right engine. Really? You didn't get leather? Oh, that's too bad. It's probably going to break down. Do you know the gas mileage on that car? I mean, this is what we do, isn't it? I mean, never happened to anybody, right? I mean, if somebody uh, has a great marriage, just trash talk a little bit. Like, it's not going to work out. They're not made for each other. We'll see how long that lasts. That's just me preaching myself today. That's cool. Um, I've never said these things. Not, I've done this before. If they have nicer clothes, you're like, oh, yeah, well, they're just putting a show on. You know, they, they don't really have the money for that. Those are just rented. You know, those aren't real clothes. Right? Whatever it is, right? Ignore God's goodness in your life. Don't be grateful for where you live. Like, oh, my house, it's just too small. God, if you give me a bigger house, you know. I mean, my car, it's held together by duct tape and Jesus, but, man, I'm not thankful right now. <laughs> Who am I preaching there? <laughs> Open yeah. more Jesus than duct tape, but we'll see, right? <laughs> if it breaks down today, then still be grateful for a broken down car. <laughs> Thankful for a chance to push you home. So, um, but yeah, maybe, maybe you're like, oh, my friends, I've had better friends, or my friend would just show up, or maybe it's just there's not a blessing in my life. You know, there's a, a statistic I told the, our men's group, this fireside chat this last week, and this is incredible. Um, this is a true statement. Here it is. Check it out. If you own a car, if you have a way of transportation you own, has a motor, okay, you are in the top 3% of the wealthiest people in the world. Isn't that crazy? But I'll tell you what, you don't feel like it, do you? <laughs> Like you don't feel like you're wealthy. You've got that beater mobile. I tell you what, I never had a car over $500 until I was like 24. I mean, I just had beater mobile. You know what I'm saying? Like, it was just duct tape. And I know how to work on cars, you know? I mean, I don't know how many cars I've worked on the last few weeks. People just know I work on cars. They start figuring it out, and they start calling me, and I am start doing stuff. But that's what you do, right, when you got $500 beater mobile. But all of a sudden, like, we're like, oh, man, I'm not wealthy enough. i got to be in the top one half of one half of that one half of that one half of the 1%. Then I'll be happy. That's what will make me happy. If I get that big enough car, that nice enough house, I can be in the wealthiest part of the world. You know, our closets are full of clothes. We don't even wear it. Come on, somebody. You touch all of them, there's nothing to wear. I can't pick it. There's nothing. Nothing, right? You can eat anytime you want. Your fridge is full of all sorts of snacks and goodies and sugar and all sorts of fun stuff that most people in the world don't have. And so we just be like the lepers, right? Just be like the nine. Like Jesus healed all ten, but only one came back. Just be like the nine, right? Just be great at being ungrateful. That's the first line. I mean, you guys, you guys liking this? You're like, ah, this, is, this, is, this is excruciating painful, by the way, for me to do this. Number two, compare what you have to people who have more. 
So just look out your life, and if you want to be miserable and be dissatisfied, just watch anybody else who has more than you. It could be a lawnmower. Come on, somebody. You've been covering that zero turn or, or something amazing. That, that deck is flopsy. Y'all, this is amazing. You can get somebody else who's got a bigger house. It could be a bigger front yard. It could be greener grass, whatever. Just compare it, right? Here's a verse for you, 2 Corinthians 10, 12. And th- this is a verse we should not follow, but we dare not classify or compare ourselves with someone who commend themselves. We, when they measure themselves by themselves or compare themselves with themselves, they are not wise. Well, that's true, but you know, we want to be fools, don't we? So we're going to compare ourselves as much as possible. So when I get done with this message, I'm going to go watch, I'm going to watch Andy Stanley. I'm going to watch Craig Rochelle. I'm going to watch Louis Goodgo. I'm like, my message was nowhere near as good as these guys. <laughs> you know, like that's the first thing I'm going to do. Um, or you, you should compare everything you have in life. If you want to kill what you have in your life, just compare it to something else. Like if you want to create a great moment in your life and you want to kill it, just compare it. If you want to take your amazing family that God has given you and you want to kill it, just compare it to somebody else's family. Like, if you want your salary to feel terrible, just compare it to somebody else's salary. Come on. You know what I'm talking about, right? You, how they make, what? Are you serious? Like, they don't deserve all that money? All of a sudden, your life is, is not where it feels like it should be. Man, you want to compare your marriage to somebody else's marriage, you're always going to find somebody who's got a better marriage. From the outside, I'm going to tell you that much. The grass grows greener on the septic tank. I'm just going to tell you that. There ain't no such thing as a perfect marriage. If you think it's perfect, then just watch out. Uh, maybe compare your, wa- your, your washer, right? I mean, you got that top-load washer. It's so old school. If you had the front-load washer, come on. You see the suds going around. Oh, this clothes are so clean. Like, you got to have it. Like, just, just buy it now. It's only $600, half off. You get the dryer for free. Come on. Right? I mean, ladies, you know, you compare your bodies to all these ladies on the magazines, the airbrush bodies, you know what I'm talking about. They got more in the top half of their body than you have a retirement account. Come on, somebody. You know what I'm talking about. You're just comparing yourself to all these things. Oh, I'm not as good looking as that. Or, oh, I'll never be them. Like, what? Guys, you're always comparing, like, the trucks. I don't know what it is about trucks, you know. But I'll tell you, you don't have much. Of, lot, there's a lot of competition down here in Cass County if you like that kind of weird thing. Like the 5-inch exhaust, you know, they're blowing smoke, rolling coal, the 26-inch, not 26-inch, like 56-inch tires. You know what I'm talking about, the ones that's so loud, you can't wake you up at 3 in the morning as they drive down the street and leave their garage, and you're mad because it's like, what in the world's pro- your problem? In- I'm not going to say what it is really, but we'll move on from that. But we- <laughs> I was going to go there, but I'm not going to go there. You can compare houses. You can compare hairlines. Man, if my hairline was as good as Barry's, you know what I'm saying? It just... His hairline starts here, you know. <laughs> I'll stop. This is terrible. Just cut the recording. All right. You can compare. I got nothing. Social media followers. I mean, I'll admit, you, you post something, you're like, I only got three likes on that. I mean, for real. Like, you're like, why am I posting this? Then I look at somebody else's, I'm like, they're not getting much likes either. It's all right. It's so easy to compare things, right? Uh, number three, pursue temporary possessions over eternal treasures. Luke 12, 15. Jesus said, watch out, be on guard against all kinds of greed. Life does not consist in the abundance of, no wait, life does consist of the abundance of possession. That's what Jesus meant to say. It does consist of how much we can have. It's all about stuff. It's what you drive. It's what you wear. Man, it's things, 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 latest and greatest. I mean, you got to have every, it's got to be Wi-Fi. You can just clap. You don't have to clap. You just think, and the lights turn on and off in your house. It's just amazing. Man, don't care about people. Man, just settle. Man, settle for, settle for what matters in this moment, not eternal blessings. Man, give up on what matters most in your family. Think short term. Think now. Think bigger is better, new is better, more is better. May just sell out to the temporary. It's amazing. Number four, resent God for where you are in life. Man, Psalm 43, too, this is guys in captivity. He is mad at God. And this is how you should be. He says, you are God, my stronghold. Why have you rejected me? 
Why must I go about mourning and oppressed, oppressed by the enemy? Man, it's God's fault. If you're not married yet, it is God's fault. I'm telling you that. It could be for you men, you're not wearing enough Old Spice. Come on, somebody. Get some Old Spice for me. It just changed. I'm telling you, it works. My grandpa, he wore it. My dad, I wore, we all got married. It worked out. So just do that. Um, fresh sport, by the way. That's the one you want. <laughs> Jody knows. <laughs> He's tried the other ones. All right. Um, man, but if life doesn't go your way, what do you do? Man, it's, it's God's fault. Man, uh, if uh, things aren't working out uh, for material blessing, you've been faithful for all these years serving God, and you're not a millionaire. Come on, God. What's wrong? Like, I'm supposed to be a millionaire by now, isn't it? Like, I'm almost 50. Like, where, where's the millions? You know, th- this is how we often think, but we don't say, right? Um, now I'm preaching. That was supposed to be funny. Number five, develop an attitude of entitlement. This is probably the best one. I mean, if you, if you want your life to be dissatisfied, just make it all about you. Romans 6.23 says, for the wages of sin is death. Well, that is absolutely not true. I mean, God would never do that. Like, I'm special. Like, my sin isn't that bad. My poop doesn't stink. Come on, somebody. I mean, it's not bad. My life isn't that bad. I mean, you have the right to have life your way. I know it's been rough and you've worked really hard, so just take advantage. Do whatever you want. You deserve that thing, that new car, that new phone. I mean, that house, that boat. Come on, that house boat. Come on. I did that. That was good. Right, the houseboat. I mean, you deserve it. You deserve to drive that car into that garage. You push that button and it goes in that climate-controlled environment where you have those beautiful toolboxes and everything's hung up perfectly. And you walk in the house and you turn on the TV and it streams Wi-Fi, but it's just a little slow. Come on, son, because it's Comcast, not Google. I'm preaching to myself right now. Right? All of a sudden, it's like, it just isn't good enough. Like, it's not where it should be. You go in the closet, just like nothing to wear. Man, there's not enough stuff in your pantry. It's just, man, if I just had more stuff, man, my life would be complete. You deserve more. You deserve better. Life is all about you. Woo! You guys glad that's over? <laughs> I promise you, next series is going to be a lot more positive, right? You didn't come to church to hear all the negative stuff. But so many of us, we fall into that category, don't we? It's so easy to compare, isn't it? I mean, it's so easy to be possessed by possessions. I mean, it's so easy to be locked down. We will, we're so crazy that we'll actually spend so much money paying in debt that we can't do anything else. Like when God calls us to be generous, like, man, I wish I could be generous, but I can't because I got this car or I got this big mortgage or I got this stuff. And we put ourselves in possession of possessions. It owns us. We are a slave to a lender. Uh, we ask, like, who's in control? And ultimately, we're like, man, I won't be in control. As a matter of fact, this last week, it was pretty fun. Uh, we went to the zoo, and then, like, five minutes later, Jack was really mad. He wanted to go to his friend's house, and he's four, and there's a friend across the street. And it was a little late, so I said, oh, no, no, you're going to stay home. He just kept going and going. You know what I'm talking about? He just, they, he's asking a million times, just like kids do, right? Great, great, great um, uh, salespeople. They get what they want, you know, um, just how they work. And so he just goes on and on. I'm like, hey, son, who's the boss? Me. He's four years old. I was like, oh, really? That's cool. I said, you can be the boss when you can tackle me and choke me out. And uh, he looks at me. He's got that stare in his eye, like, look into my soul. And I'm squatted down next to him trying to be like this coaching moment, whatever. And I just kind of like, yeah, we're done with this. And he looks at me. And without missing the beat, wham, he just runs at me and tackles me. I was like, yeah, son, that's what I'm talking about. Uh, so you got a few years to go, buddy. But one day, you know what? He didn't say anything else about it. <laughs> But I love that. I was like, man, you got a little fight in there. It's like, all right, dad, the year word failed, but it's okay. He's, he's working it out. So, and so am I. Um, but I want to zero in on one big thought today because we can make life about ourselves so easily. And this is it. How you live reveals what you believe. How you live. How you live. What you do with your life. How you actually live. Not what you think, what you say, how you put on a face or have some status or whatever you want to post. You do all of that stuff. But how you live really reflects what you believe. 
If somebody were to follow your life around for three to six months and you didn't say a word and they just watched your life, would they know that what Christ does in your life, what Christ offers in your life is greater than what the world offers? Would they know that your satisfaction comes from Jesus just by watching your life, where you spend your money, how you treat people, where you go, where your feet take you, what your hands do? Would they know that Christ satisfies you? Because that's not the American dream. And God has called us to make disciples. You know what that means? It means you help people take their next step closer to Jesus. It means you're just making little Jesus. And your number one mission is to point people to Jesus. But I promise you, our possessions are making us so unsatisfied in this world, it's unreal. We might be the most depressed society in the history of mankind, but we're the wealthiest people in the history of mankind. It is unreal. There's a direct proportion to how much your heart is in possessions versus your heart is in Jesus, where your satisfaction comes from and your joy and your passion in life is what Christ offers you better than what the world offers you. If you want to change that, I'm going to tell you how you do that. It's real simple. It's really easy to understand up here, and it's really hard to do in your life. It's called be grateful. Being grateful. Being grateful. You know what gratitude does? Gratitude takes what you have, and it makes it enough. It takes that beater mobile, and it makes it enough. It takes your house that's cramped and doesn't fit right, and it makes it enough for you. Matter of fact, it's not happy people who are grateful. It is grateful people who are happy. If you ever walked outside the United States to any kind of third world environment where people have nothing in their name, they have zero, one pair of clothes. Most of them don't own shoes. And I promise you, they're more grateful and joyful than, and even just happy than most Americans who have everything they want or they want. I'm telling you, it is a, a just, a, a just unbelievable. I mean, it's one of the greatest lessons I've ever seen as I traveled across the world on mission trips. It's like, how in the world could they be so happy? I remember coming back to the United States and we landed in Memphis and it was dark out over most of the United States, but as it began to get light out, we were coming in the approach to Memphis. I remember the first time I saw a neighborhood, like from come back from Africa. They don't have neighborhoods, by the way. They have shanties and dirt. And as I came in, I remember coming in the approach and all of a sudden you start seeing actual concrete, <laughs> roads. There's these little things, look like a monopoly board called houses. It's crazy. There's cars, everybody has them. And there's this curb, it's shaped like a curve, and water goes in it, and it shakes it away. <laughs> and there's sewage being pushed down these pipes below the street. And there's lights on every house, and there's grass, and people own that. And I start crying, because we have so much, but so little. Like, are we really satisfied? You don't even need this, but we do. Because that's what the world sells us. That's what the culture sells us. But Christ says there's a better way. Just be grateful for what's in your hand. There's a verse, it's one of my favorite verses in the Bible. It's found in Philippians 3, 7. It says, but whatever were gains to me, man, whatever your 401k is, whatever your job is, whatever your money is, your relationships, your status, your popularity, whatever you want it to be, whatever gains to me, this is Paul talking to the church of Philippi. He says, I now consider loss for the sake of Christ. And everything that I thought was important in my life is nothing about nothing compared to Christ. He said, what is more, I consider everything, everything a loss because the surpassing worth, the surpassing worth of just knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord. 
He says, for whose sake I have lost all things, yet I consider them garbage. He's like, I just took the trash out of my life that I may gain Christ. This verse is so powerful. I'm gonna pack it for you. When he says the surpassing knowledge of knowing Jesus, this isn't the surpassing knowledge of knowing Jesus intellectually. This isn't the surpassing knowledge of knowing about Jesus and knowing about the Bible and just showing up to church and be like, oh, that was a good message, Pastor. Woo. It's a surpassing knowledge of experiencing Jesus. What would you give to spend five minutes with Jesus? If Jesus showed up to your house this afternoon, knocked on the door, and he said, hey, you give up all these other things and I'll come to the door, what would you give to spend time with Jesus? The good thing is you don't have to because Jesus wants to meet with you today. But if you lay down the deed of your house on the table and the title of your vehicles and all the fun toys with engines, come on somebody, right? And all the makeup, all the jewelry, all the things in your life, all the stuff, all the televisions, all the relationships, all the status, all the titles, everything that makes you feel special, everything on the table. And God said, you pick up one thing, what would you pick up? And for Paul, it was really clear, I'd pick up Jesus. I would pick up Jesus. The fact that I can experience the grace of Jesus, I don't know if you've been there yet. I don't know if you've been in that place in your life where Jesus is everything to you. Like you realize like, dude, I'm not dead in my sins, but I'm alive to Jesus. Like I don't know if you've been in the place in your life where Jesus walks with you and his peace comforts you. I don't know if you've been in the place in your life where you've had everything and still been miserable. I don't know if you've been in the place in your life where you hang out with people who are extremely wealthy but can't afford the stuff they have. I've been in a place in your life where you've come to the dead end of yourself and said, why am I building my house in the sand when Jesus has given me a rock? Like, I don't know if you've been there because the grace of God is so real. He wants to do something in your life. Jesus never promised that we'd be some materially wealthy people. Jesus didn't even own a house. Jesus had nowhere to lay his head. Matter of fact, he was born in a stable. Who's got that story? Come on, raise your hand. We just forget it, don't we? It's easy. It's so easy. Where's our satisfaction? It's found in Jesus. You know, suddenly when you start realizing that Jesus is everything, your status changes. Like it's no longer about the amount of money you have or the stuff you have. Suddenly your worth is found in him. You're no longer just some scrub on the street. You're not some nobody that no one's ever gonna care about. You're not, you're not gonna fall in depression because you're sitting around looking at yourself because you're just insignificant or you're not qualified. You're not good enough. No, no, you know Jesus. All of a sudden your status is I'm the chosen son of God. Come on, somebody. I'm a daughter of the king. Like, my name is worth the blood of Jesus. Like, Jesus died for me. He made me whole. Like, I am forgiven of everything. Like, I have a mission that God's put me on. I'm an ambassador for Christ. And suddenly, everything changes. And you start counting all things as loss. And now you start seeing people differently. You start seeing all the stuff in your life as a gift from God. And that gift of God is given to you to make an eternal difference in the lives of people. Come on. All of a sudden, you start measuring success by how much you impact other people. Instead of living for Jesus, all of a sudden, you start becoming a leader for Jesus. All of a sudden, you're saying, God, if you're going to use anybody, you better use me. Like, you've given me this job. How can I bless you? You give me this this resource. God, you give me this amazing family. I'll tell you something. If your family doesn't look the way it wants to look, then just thank God for your family. Come on, somebody. If it's not perfect and you're on this rocky path, can I encourage you just to say, God, I'm grateful for my family. It's hard to be bitter and mad and upset and negative to something you're thankful for. It's really hard to be thankful for something you're mad at. I'm gonna tell you something. Today, God can change your family. Just saying, God, thank you for my family. It is a rough road sometimes, isn't it? Nah, I know one person, come on. 
It's just rough. Like it didn't measure up to the expectation. It's not the season you wanted to be in, but God put you there. That's your path that God has put you on. If you look at your teenager and say, I'm so thankful for my teenager. Man, they're dumb like I was dumb. Come on, somebody, right? But I'm here for them. And I'm gonna be a part of that. I'm gonna care for them. I'm gonna grow them. God, thank you for my family. You know what's gonna change everything in your life? You thank God for that job you hate. You know what I'm talking about. This is the one you go to most of the time. You know what I'm saying? Like, just thank God for that. Thank God for the people who don't like your life. Be like, yeah, thank God for that. Because God's gonna do something. God's teaching you something. All of a sudden, our eyes are focused on things of Christ and longer on things of the world. All of a sudden, we're grateful because of what Christ did. And I don't know something about Christ. Christ is just not enough. Christ is enough. You're not trying to pursue Christ. It's like, oh, I just get Jesus. No, Jesus gave you all of himself. He gave you his best. And he just wants that return from you. He wants all of you. I've heard it said, we're going to go old school today, that Jesus he sits on the throne of your life. He's the king of everything or the king of nothing. There's only one seat that one person can sit on on the throne of your life, and that throne is reserved for Jesus, amen? But oftentimes we're like, I want that seat. Who's in control? Me, which I'm a pastor. I do that too, right? Every day I'm like fighting my flesh. Like, man, is that for me or is that for Jesus? Man, Christ is not just enough. Christ is way more than enough. <clears throat> this is what God did in your life. He did everything. He's a savior to your sins. He's a lion and a lamb. He's your creator and sustainer. He holds all things together. He's the victory and the vine in your life. He's your living water. He is the bread of life. And the Bible says that every knee shall bow to him, every tongue shall confess all across the world that Jesus is the King of kings and Lord of lords. That's the God we serve, and he wants your life today. He desires your best. He desires your all. He doesn't want some fake substitute that you're putting on a credit card. He wants you. He wants you. If somebody were to walk behind you just in a shadow and just see your life for an extended period of time, would they know that Christ is more important what he offers than what the world offers in your life? And what's your habit? If you want to change it, it's just one thing. Just be grateful. Just be grateful. I love the last part of this verse, wrap it up here. It says this, I consider all things garbage compared to Christ. For Paul, everything was just rubbish. Matter of fact, that word, for garbage is translated human feces. Come on, somebody. Paul's, Paul's not using the S word, but he is. You know what I'm saying? Like Paul's like, I love Jesus, but I cuss a little. That's what Paul's t-shirt said. He wrote this verse. So all things are garbage. If we just had just a little more garbage, just enough. If I had 30,000 garbage, I want $74,000 worth of garbage. Come on, just a little more. Come on, give me a little more feces, Jesus. <laughs> Come on, give me some poop, Jesus. Just give me a little more. But that's what we're asking for, right? Just give me a little more. Just never enough. Just garbage. And for Paul, he said, I took the garbage out. I just took it out. Just cut out my life. It's no longer about this stuff. It's all about Jesus. And so today, man, if you need to change your life, just be grateful. It's a choice. It's a choice. Just thank God for your problems. If you can't think, find something to thank God about, just thank God it's not something. Just if, if your family's falling apart, just say, thank God they're still home. Just thank God. It's not exactly where I want it to be, but thank God they're still around. Just thank God for the, that's not the worst case scenario that you can draw up in your mind. Because that's what God is calling us to do. When you do that, everything changes. All of a sudden, your satisfaction is found in Jesus. You're not measuring yourself by all these false standards and all those things that aren't real in your life because God wants your life today. God wants you to be satisfied in him. So are you today? Is Jesus enough. I'm telling you something. Jesus is not just enough. Jesus is way more than enough. Amen. Amen. He wants everything in your life. He wants his satisfaction in him alone. 
Father, we come before you. God, I pray that we would be on the fire for you. God, we drift so easily. We try to find our satisfaction in everything but you. But today, God, we're reminded of your presence and your grace. And God, that you sit on the throne of our life. God, there's no reason that we shouldn't run to you today. So God, I pray for somebody today that's either online or in person. God, I pray for somebody that's saying, you know what, I've been dissatisfied. I've been putting all the work on myself. I've been comparing. I've been feeling less. I've been just focused on materialism. I've been putting my stock in stuff. I've been possessed by my possessions, but today, you know what? I want to find my satisfaction in Jesus. Today, I want to be grateful for what I have, what you've given me. I want to use it to be a blessing on other people. I'm changing my life because I know what you did for me on that cross. I want to be grateful today. Man, if that's you without anybody looking around, we just put your hand up high and say, you know what? I want to be more grateful in my life. Come on, put those hands up all across the room if that's you. I'll be more grateful. Father, I pray that you'd bless every person. God, to raise their hand. God, that you would reassure them of who you are. God, that you would just speak into their heart. God, that you would show up in ways that they had never thought possible. God, that you would deepen relationships. And at the end of the day, as people looked at our lives, they would know that we were satisfied in Jesus. We didn't have all the stuff we really wanted. We never really could have enough Jesus. But God, help us to point people to you. God, to be disciple makers. God, to be leaders for the cause. That we count everything in our life as garbage compared to the excellency of just knowing you, that we want to experience you fully. God, we want to experience your grace. We want to experience your peace. We want to experience your forgiveness. God, we want to experience your love. We want to experience your, your endurance. God, we want to experience your suffering. We want to experience every part of you because you are in the middle of this, God. You want to use our lives. And so, God, help us to be satisfied in your name alone as you're the king that sits on the throne of our lives. I'll pray for one more group of people in the house today. And that's those of you who have been trying to find your satisfaction in all the wrong places. Feel like I want to sing a song again. You've been looking all the wrong places. You've been chasing girls. You've been chasing money. You've been chasing everything but Jesus. And today you realize that Jesus is the King of Kings. Who is Jesus? Jesus is the sinless Son of God. He was sent to our neighborhood because He loved us, and He paid for everything—past, present, and future—all of our sins. He nailed to the cross, and He says today that you are forgiven. That you are not just recreated, you are brand new. He didn't tear you down and just piece you together from the old pieces. No, he made you brand new and he knows you and he wants to come into your life and forgive your sins and he wants you to be satisfied in him that you can come home. And Jesus sits on the edge of heaven staring out today, looking for his sheep, looking for his people that are willing to say yes to him and say, you know what? I need Jesus in my life. I need Jesus on the throne of my life. And if that's you, there's a way to do that. The Bible says whoever confesses that Jesus Christ is Lord so we'll be saved. And so, Dave, if you need Jesus, all you got to do is say, Jesus, come to my life. Now, if, you, if that's you, I want to help you through that. And you just raise your hand. I'm going to pray a prayer for you. But if you need Jesus, we just put your hand up. I'll be looking around and say, I need Jesus today. Maybe you're online, you can click the button. If that's you, just pray this prayer. Say, Father God, thank you so much for sending Jesus into my neighborhood, to this world. God, that I could be satisfied. I've been looking everywhere. There's no answers there's an answer in Jesus. And so today, forgive me, make me new, give me new life in you. God, give me satisfaction through you. And I praise in Jesus' name, amen. Come on, give it up for the grace of God today. Let them know you love them. Hey, if that's you today, you made that decision for Jesus, whether you're with us in person or online. And I love the way that Pastor Sean put it. You are gonna find your true satisfaction in life and eternity in only one spot, and that's in Jesus. So again, if that is you, we wanna walk this journey with you. We don't want you to do it alone. So I've got a couple great next steps for you. The first one is this. 
let us know that you made that decision. Get with us by texting RLNEXT to 97000. We'll have a team member that'll reach out to you over the phone. They'll get you connected here at Real Life. We'll help you in any way that we can because we do want you to know that God cares about you. We care about you. We're not going to let you walk this path by yourself. Man, God's got something great for you. God's got a great purpose. Man, we want to help you guys find out what that is. The other one is this. If you're with us in person, stop at the back of the gathering at the worship center. There's a red bag inside. There's a Bible. There's a link to some other great resources. It is a great next step for you guys on that journey. So for everybody, I've got some great uh, next steps for you as well. We're getting ready to do something we've never done before. On this Easter, April the 4th, we're going to celebrate Easter in a way that we haven't. What we're going to do is we're going to have a party. We're going to baptize people, and it's going to be an awesome time. I want you guys to start inviting your friends and family. But more importantly, if you've made a recent decision for Jesus and you haven't been baptized, man, this is your opportunity. Or maybe you have friends or family in that spot. And if you don't know what baptism is, it's simply this. It's a symbol. It's a picture that says that we are all in for Jesus. We're dead to sin, and we are alive to God. And if you've been to any of our baptisms, normally do it in the fall, it is a great, great celebration, and just people just pack this out. And so we're going to spread this out as big as we can in this room for both gatherings at 9, 30, and 11. So if that's you, please get signed up at reallifechurchkc.com. Click the baptism uh, tab. If you need help, get with me, Pastor Sean. We'll get you signed up. And so we can't wait to do that. Also, the other cool thing is we're going to launch a series that we've done before with some new materials called Playlist. And if you don't know what that is, we're going to take some of your guys' favorite songs that you have on your Spotify list or you hear on the radio, and we're going to bring a message and a redemptive theme from it. But it, we, I remember the last time we did it, we had so many people come in. It's like, man, I've heard that song before. Because we have so many people that we're trying to reach out to that have never been to church, and they don't know our song. They don't know our worship music. But, man, they've heard that song on the radio, and they, maybe they've never thought about the words or how it applies to them. So it's a great opportunity to invite people that have never been to church before. So don't miss out. We're going to have a, a great time. So here at Real Life, your guys' generosity makes a difference week in and week out in the community across the world. We talk about we want to see people far from Jesus, you know, discover their real life and purpose. And that only happens because of your guys' faithfulness and your generosity. So I want to thank you guys so much for participating in that. And again, I want to keep you guys, encourage you guys to keep doing that. And as always, here at Real Life, there's three ways you can do that. You can go online at reallifechurchkc.com. You can text any amount to 84321. Or if you want to use a cash or check, you can drop it in the giving box at the back of the worship center. I want you guys to check out this video and see how your generosity is making a difference this week. Hey, Real Life, God is on the move. Man, I got some exciting stuff to share with you. In the last two months, man, we've taken so many people through a Next Step crash course. Man, people just wanna get connected and growing in the Next Step with Jesus. And uh, I'll tell you what, 16 new people joined our dream team over the last few months. Many of these people are currently being trained, apprenticed, using their gifts and passion to make a difference here for the kingdom through real life. And so I'll say thank you to these people. I got my list, I'm gonna read through here. And uh, man, we're at the end of this, we're gonna give a big shout out and a welcome to everybody who's jumping on our team, making a difference. I'll say thank you, those who jumped on our kids team. Thank you to Debbie, to Alex, to Kennedy, to Missy, Patrick, and Kendall, come on. Man, thank you for Danny jumping on our hospitality. Thank you, Kevin and Patrick, for jumping on our host teardown. Thank you, Chastity and Kevin, jump on operations behind the scenes, supporting the church. Man, thank you, Jana, Courtney, and Eric. Man, you guys all getting trained up to jump on the worship team. Man, thank you, Braden and Tori. Uh, jump on our creative arts team, doing filming, behind the scenes stuff. 
And uh, thank you for Rachel and Alan man, looking at potentially joining the youth team. Come on, give it up big for these 16 people getting uh, plugged in to make a difference. Come on. Now, how exciting is this 16 people join our team and we love you guys. So excited what God's gonna do to make a difference through you. You know, it's our four to five year vision to move out of this space at KT into our own space, own house of worship. But in the meantime, God has planned us here and I believe God's put us here on purpose to grow and make a bigger difference in our city. You know, if God allows us those four or five years in this space, we're gonna need a space for filming studio, for life groups, offices, worship practice, and potentially youth group. And so two months ago, our heart for the house uh, giving, we've decided that we begin to pursue a place in our city to secure and tenant finish. I wanna invite you to be a part of this process by praying for us in this season specifically. Man, if it's been for lease, it's been for sale, if it's been unoccupied, we have kicked down the door in Belden and Raymore and walked through every open door and closed door to see all the different spaces. And we have narrowed down our search to really two options, two locations, and one of which uh, that really stands out, I'm right in front of it, it's right behind me, is a 2,500 square foot warehouse space. Man, it used to be the old Sears building next to Joanne's, and this could be easily converted into a great space for filming, worship, youth, life groups, offices, and here's what I need for you. I need you guys to pray for God's provision in this season. This 2,500 square foot warehouse is a larger project than we initially had in mind, but it's actually cost less over time because the rent is so much less being a warehouse space. The flip side of getting a space this size is that it takes more money up front, more capital up front to tenant finish this larger space. This is actually takes more money than we raised for heart for the house. And so I ask you guys to pray for wisdom as our board meets, our lead team meets, and makes decisions over the next few weeks about getting in this space. And so we're just asking you to ask God to be involved in this process that he's leading us. The Bible says this in Psalm 127.1. It says, unless the Lord builds the house, those who build it labor in vain. And so we're asking you guys to pray big, God's leadership, God's directing, his anointing, guiding us in this season all for his glory. We want God to be part of this decision. And so the next few weeks, we're gonna have more details and we should know if this is the place for us or not. And so be praying big for our lead team and for our board at our church. Next week, we launch a brand new series. I invite you to come out. It's called Hashtag For Our City. We believe this, the church does not exist for itself. It exists for the world around us. We'll be sharing testimonies, stories of life change and hope. You're not going to miss it as we lead into Easter 2021. May I love you guys. See you next Sunday. Man, it's so cool just to see how God moves behind the scenes. And I'm, I don't know, I, I'm, Pastor Sean would probably echo this sentiment. It's always cool to see how God shows up in a way that you never expected. So please keep everything in prayer. Pray for the leadership. Pray for just the vision. Pray for the resources. We just know that God's in this. Whatever, we, whatever he brings forward, we're going to jump forward and move forward because we want to impact our community. And, man, you guys are leading the way. And I want to pray that you guys continue to do that. Hey, speaking of prayer, if you guys need prayer for any reason, we'll have a team member up here. We would love to pray for you for any reason. Uh, don't forget, next week, 9, 30, 11, invite your friends and family. And as always, remember, whoever finds Jesus discovers real life and purpose. We'll see you guys next week.